It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all. What kind of a Thanksgiving dinner is this? Where's the turkey, Chuck? Don't you know anything about Thanksgiving dinners? Where's the mashed potatoes? Where's the cranberry sauce? Where's the pumpkin pie? Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Talking Twilight Zone. Hello, everybody. And before we start with the opening, um, just kind of to remind everybody, today's date of the airing of the show is 11-23-2013. Yesterday was the 50th anniversary of the death of Kennedy. Um, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, unfortunately, he was assassinated in Dallas. And it's kind of a sad moment to kind of reflect and uh, remember something that tragic that happened. Um, but I just wanted to bring that to everybody's mind. And, of course, here's the clip from Walter Conkright announcing his death. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States. And it was also mentioned around the world as well. At one o'clock tomorrow, we hope to bring you a roundup of world opinion about the death of President Kennedy. This will be the first of several programs to be broadcast over the weekend. Details of these will be announced as they're arranged. The time now, just after 9.27. Programs tonight have been rearranged. And therefore, the next program, Britain at 50, follows at 9.35. After the next program, Britain at 50, at 11 o'clock, there'll be a special program on the death of President Kennedy. Go ahead, Lynn. That was very, very sad. Very, very sad uh, event. And, uh, yeah, the coverage on television this weekend was was everywhere. It's just unbelievable. Definitely. So that, But thank you very much for uh, for doing that. And it's something that we all should always remember. Well, let me go ahead and we'll run the opening. We'll come right back. Okay. So tarnished, it almost looks black. Hmm. Hmm? What's the matter? Yeah, you tell him, Attila. <laughs> like me, a little late. Well, let's clean it up. Sure must be old if dirt's any sign.
acting. Who? I'm the genie of the lamp, that's who. The whole bit. Genie? Genie? Yeah. You, you you don't look like a genie. Well, what difference does the wardrobe make? The routine's the same. You see, a couple thousand years ago, I used to wear those crazy silk balloon long johns with the with the wild turban. Yeah, but let me tell you something, Jack. George? Uh, Jack, George, as long as you're healthy. Today, we dress like the times. Uh, except for these. Velveteen muckalucks. Muckalucks? Mm-hmm. Genie, then I must be the master of the lamp. Big deal. All right, you got yourself a free wish. There's supposed to be three wishes. Ah, there's the rub. There used to be three wishes. But let me tell you something, Jack. George? You don't want to change your name, huh? Uh, the scene used to include three wishes. But the recipients were abusing the privilege, so we had to cut down. So, uh, give it a little thought. Give me a call. Or do me a favor, will you? Sleep on it? Sleep on it? Yeah. You know the routine. Once you make the wish, that's what you have to live with. Open this door with the click of a mouse. Beyond it is a world of sound, thought, and opinion. In-depth discussions of television's greatest blending of science, superstition, imagination. And you're invited along. Next, we'll be talking Twilight Zone. Welcome to Talking Twilight Zone, everyone. And I am here today with my co-host, Robert. Unfortunately, Bobby will not be with us today. He's feeling a little under the weather. Uh, but hopefully he'll be back with us uh, on our next show two weeks from now. And also joining us today is Rick and Louie. Hi, Lou. Hi, Rick. Hi, Lou. Good to see you guys here. Hello. And... Uh, and hello, and thank you, Robert, for that uh, that great opening clip. I loved how you put in the uh, I Dream of Jeannie. Uh, about when you're talking that, Barbara that. Eden, I'd rather um, <clears throat> talk about that than this one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also thanks for that Kennedy uh, opening. Uh, I also remember something with that Kennedy opening. Uh, that was uh, the only time that you ever really saw Walter Cronkite get emotional during a broadcast. He took off his glasses and he was he was choked up. That was that was pretty. Uh, Actually, the first time. The second time was when he retired. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot all about that. You are absolutely right. And Dave is here. Hi, Dave. Hi guys. Sorry, I'm a little bit late. 
been watching Doctor Who. Imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> no, we, we never thought you'd be watching that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. Okay, so everybody's here. Bobby's not here. Uh, I told everyone, Dave, he's a little under the weather today, so he won't be with us today. Oh, but uh, Robert and Rick and yeah, but he'll be all right. Uh, okay, well, today's episode is called I Dream of Jeannie. And now, Mr. Serling. Meet Mr. George P. Hanley, a man life treats without deference, honor, or success. Waiters serve his soup cold, elevator operators close doors in his face. Mothers never bother to wait up for the daughters he dates. George is a creature of humble habits and tame dreams. He's an ordinary man, Mr. Hanley, but at this moment the accidental possessor of a very special gift. Gift that measures men against their dreams. The kind of gift most of us might ask for first and possibly regret to the last. If we, like Mr. George P. Hanley, were about to plunge headfirst and unaware into our own personal twilight zone. I like that line, mothers never wait up for the tortoise he takes. Can you blame her? <laughs> <It's really good. laughs> Sounds like me, uh, but that's besides the point. <laughs> well, as I was saying, George Hanley's uh, down, down and out, down on his luck office worker, and he's offered one wish by a genie that uh, what he summoned from an antique lamp that he found. And the genie, who's dressed in modern clothing, uh, except for his old-fashioned shoes, explains that the traditional three wishes have been discontinued because uh, previous uh, users, uh, they abuse their wishes. So That's rather because than the economy's the... tough out there. It's tough, you know. Reduction of wishes is tough. It's very tough, very tough. <laughs> so, rather than make um, a very rash judgment on his wish, you know, he carefully considers the three most popular options. He wonders... Uh, what it would like to be uh, to wish for love, to have somebody just love him, you know, be totally devoted to him. So he imagines that he's uh, married to a beautiful, successful actress, but then he soon discovers that his wife's obsessed with her acting career and living the very public life of of a starlet and always trying to keep her face and her hair in perfect condition. And then he imagines a dashing leading actor trying to get her attention and, and realizes that he'd eventually lose a wife like that. So then he next decides that maybe wealth would be a proper wish. And he imagines life as a bored tycoon with excessive amounts of money, and he chooses not to make that wish. And then well, at he least finally he didn't end up as a Colombian drug lord being um, shot mm-hmm. at. I guess that's one good thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or Hitler the last days of this that's Nazi right. empire. Right. Yep, yep. That's right. <laughs> yeah, like man in the bottle, right? So yep. then, uh, you know, his final wish, uh, thought of, on his wish was would be, you know, for power. So he imagines so, being president of the United States. Oh and then being paralyzed by the indecision that he would be faced with if there was a global UFO crisis. So realizing that he's not really cut out for any of those things that most people would wish for, Hanley decides to make a truly original wish. And a truly stupid scene, wish, you mean. Yeah, Ugh. truly stupid wish, exactly. In the next scene, a homeless man in, in an alley finds the same genie's lamp in the garbage can, and he just starts polishing it a little bit and puts it back down. 
and the genie emerges from the lamp and offers him three wishes on the condition that the lamp be returned to the alley afterward for another needy person to find. The camera pulls away from, from the stunned homeless man to reveal that the genie is Hanley himself. Ah, oh, man, this was a really crappy episode. I mean, what's crap? What's crappier is that this genie only gives him one wish instead of the usual three. But, I mean, I'd still take it. What the hell? I don't, you know, a wish is a wish. I mean, one wish is better than nothing. But anyway, here, here we go again with another story about a hapless, pitiful guy who gets walked on, ignored by everyone around him, and he longs for better things, such as a job promotion, a pretty girl. And basically, George Hanley, to me... He was a cross between Henry Bemis from Time Enough at Last and Roger Shackelford, fourth in The Chaser, uh, with a little bit of Mr. Beavis and uh, Gart Williams from Mustafa at Willoughby thrown in, you know, for good measure. I mean, uh, unfortunately, this is one of the most tedious episodes of the series because it's blatantly obvious that they didn't have enough of a story to fit into an hour, so there was all this boring filler all throughout the whole thing, boring filler. And, of course, just the fact that it's another comedy automatically earns a thumbs down from me. And how many of us have said numerous times, comedies have no place in the Twilight Zone. I don't know why Rod never realized it. And, and what do you always Rod, say, Rick? But I said Rod does not, does not and cannot write comedy. Wow. He cannot. Absolutely <laughs> cannot. He's not a comedian. But like well, and, and, and write it though. Somebody else did. So. Well, yeah, but he has written some. I mean, he wrote that yep. one for Buster Keaton, uh, which was absolutely horrible. You know, he just didn't realize the comedies don't belong there. And besides having a character type that's been used many times in other episodes, they copied a similar story. It was it was the man in the bottle from season two reworked. He did, he, they did almost the same story and added a load of filler to it. That's just sad. And 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 changed the location a couple a little bit and made it the one man instead of a couple. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It was this, basically the same story, the same wishes. It was almost the same wishes except for the the one about love. And and I guess the only things I liked about this episode were the different dogs they used in each dream sequence. <laughs> but I'm afraid even. But I'm afraid even that didn't help this episode much. I mean, I like Howard Morris, but he was so uninspired and low-key in this episode. I kept hoping that he'd suddenly turn into Ernest T. Bass and liven things up. Uh, you know, Morris was best known for his role as Ernest T. Bass on The Andy Griffith Show. Me go around throw a that brick at somebody? Show. Yeah, that would have been arresting. Yeah, yeah, throw <laughs> brick at somebody. <laughs>
And why would this horrible episode get an original score when better episodes get recycled music? I, I just don't get it. This is simply a terrible episode. It's been done before. It's shameful that they made it into an hour because it fizzled out for me long before the hour was up. And I give it a big, fat zero rating. Horrible. Well, they must have found a dime underneath the cushion to add the music. I think Bobby's set you up for this. Has Bobby given you a script for tonight? <laughs> <laughs> he gave it a zero, too, which shouldn't surprise you on that one. <laughs> okay, Robert, go ahead. Thank you, Lynn. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Dave, thank you for sending in those um, um, reviews there. I really appreciate it. We put them on. Both oh, yeah, ships. thanks. Yeah, so, thank you for including them. No problem. Yeah, they were very good. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Lynn here. And um, the, the only difference is my score is um, I give it a one instead of a zero. And the one is basically for um, Jack Alberson because, I mean, he – He's a pretty oh, good he actor. Was good. He, was yeah. the only, he was the only good actor. In, yeah. Yeah, I remember him from Chico and the Man. Yeah. Um, he's he also played, in The Shelter. Yep. Where he played Ed Brown and, like you said, in The Shelter. And also Grandpa Joe and Willy Wonka in The Chocolate Factory, too. That's right. Yeah. Yep. It's a shame he didn't get more uh, time in this episode. That might have helped a little. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, at least we're at the halfway point here in Season 4, so. Just about out of muck, so to say. Got another half to go with this, but um, as the only word I can give for this is a retread. This is basically just what you know. Lynn said. I mean, how many times can you know we we do the genie angel storyline, which is pretty much what it is. It's a you know with the angel aspect thrown in as well. I mean, we've seen this in for one for the angels. Lynn mentioned Ebus, mm-hmm. the man in the bottle, Cavan Cavendir. Or Cavendish, or however we pronounce. Uh, Cavender, Cavender is coming, yeah. Carol Burnett. Yeah, yeah. But then we also, um, where we get the angel genie that is not used, but in the case have a benevolent being, you know, unseen or seen, who gives wishes to people, such as the um, boxer and the big tall wish, with Mm -hmm. the boxer in that one. Um, Mm -hmm. A game of pool, where we have uh, Mm -hmm. facts Mm -hmm. appear, kick the can, where it was in the can, when you kick it, magic comes out and changes everybody into a kid. Mm-hmm. Young yeah. Fancy, the, the wish of him. Uh, no, actually, to be a kid it, was again. In, it was inside them. The can was just a MacGuffin. Oh, is that it? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true, was... because they, they just wanted to believe it. They they believed so much that they wanted to be young again. They wanted to be young again, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, so, yeah, their belief just uh, modified what they wanted to be. I always thought of it differently. I mean, that's a story, too, where different people have different looks at things. Opinions. Um, yeah, that's yeah. true. But, yeah, it, it just, um, the whole one wish thing is just a bunch of bull anyway. I wouldn't take wish. One wish, I mean, you know, obviously, and where's mother, too? You know, besides what Lynn says, she would take it, but. If you don't hey, I take get yourself in trouble, how are you going to get yourself out of it with your other two wishes? See, that's the thing. Because once you have that one wish, you're stuck with whatever you... you I'm just wishing for $10 million dollars tax-free. $10 million <laughs> dollars tax-free. That's, that's uh, no trouble with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Until something happens to where it takes all that money and then you have to declare bankruptcy. So there's always a... Okay. Uh, 
Okay, Lynn, here is a here is a button you can press, and I promise you that nobody you know will die. Somebody you don't know will die, and you will get millions of dollars tax-free. We can see the five, man. Nah, I don't like that clause. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that clause at all. And then after you press the button. I will give it to somebody who does not know you. (laughs) Rick, you can't be my genie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm just doing the the button, which was a uh, a, in the uh, remake of the Twilight Zone, and one of my favorite episodes of it, by the way. Yeah, that's why I mentioned it was in season five. Uh, Yeah, it was also brought up in the. Reboot Twilight Zone 2 uh, yeah. back in the 90s, and then they had the one with um, Frank Lagella in that mm-hmm. one. Out a couple of years ago, I believe it had Cameron Diaz in it. I think she yeah, was in that. Yeah, I think it was called The Box. Yeah, the movie, yes. Yeah. yeah. The Box, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I do have to say that one, you know, the bright spot in this episode again is Jack Alverson, and that's pretty much all, you know, really I could, I could say about it. I mean, just. Um, the choice he makes at the end is the most stupidest choice you can make. Very much reminiscent. I thought that was the dumbest the, wish in the world. Uh, yeah, it, it's like the episode, and I mentioned this episode before from X Files um, about the genie thing. I mentioned it in the uh, Man in the Bottle episode, um, and and that one, you know, the uh, woman who becomes a genie. Uh, back in the early, what was 16, 1500, something like that. And it, very much her bottle was the carpet, you know, unrolling the carpet, and she appeared and gave three wishes. That X File episode. And yeah. That was kind of uh, an interesting one. And it reminded me here again of some other episodes. We know about the I Dream of Genie TV series later on. We talked also about the X File episode which I happen to find a clip for. And I hope somebody knows French, because I sure don't. It's um, J-J-E, and then the next word is S-O-U-H-A-I-T-E, which is from Season 7, Episode 21. Now, this clip is 2 minutes 19. Reason being is because the genie um, in the rug in this episode talks about her origins in this one. So we'll go ahead and play that one next. Ask him. He's got it all figured out. Well, I know what he'd say. He'd say that you're some kind of a genie from a thousand and one nights or something like that, and then you grant people wishes. Well, there you have it. Well, one thing I haven't been able to figure out is whether you're a good genie or an evil one. Everybody you come in contact with seems to meet a bad end. That's the conclusion you've drawn? That I'm evil? Well, possibly evil, possibly cursed, a curse to others. The only thing you people are cursed with is stupidity. All of you. Everybody, mankind, everyone I have ever come into contact with, without fail. Always asking for the wrong thing. You mean making the wrong wishes? Yeah, it's always, give me money, give me big boobs, give me a big hoo-hoo, make me cool like the Fonz. Or whoever's the big name now. You've been out of circulation a long time. So what? In 500 years, people have not changed a bit. 500 years. Granted, they smell better now generally speaking, but human greed still reigns, shallowness, 
a propensity for self-destruction. You're saying that, that, that you have been a first-hand witness to 500 years of human history. I used to be human. I was born in 15th century France, and then one day an old Moor came to my village peddling rugs, and I enrolled one that an Ifrit had taken residence in. An Ifrit? A very powerful class of genie. He offered me three wishes. For the first, I asked for a stout-hearted mule. For the second, a uh, magic sack that was always full of turnips. Did I mention this was 15th century France? What was your third wish? My third, I pondered for a great while. I didn't want to waste it. So finally, feeling very intelligent, I spoke up and I said, Je souhaite un grand pouvoir et longue vie. I wish for great power and long life. And thus became a genie yourself. Even the mark of the gin. Right there. It's forever. Sort of like a prison tattoo. I should have been more specific. And that always seems to be the theme to a lot of these um, genie stories. You know, you have to be specific. You have to, you know, describe what it is that you want. But even being specific, it still can go the wrong way or turn on you. Um, with Mulder, he makes in the right decision at the end of this episode. As I said, it was uh, lackluster and boring, and that's pretty much all I have to say about this episode in particular. Give it a um, one out of five, and usually I pass it on to Bobby, but um, oh, well, you want me to pass it on to Dave? Okay, here yep. you go, Dave, and welcome back, Dave. Yeah, well, welcome I don't back. Know. Thank you very much. I don't know you guys. I may be the old guy in the room at 67, but you lot of the cynical <laughs> old folk, I quite enjoyed it. Wow. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, hey, no. It, yeah, it was over, uh, overly long, but I thought it was rather good. Uh, I mean, you could argue it was more like a, an episode of I Love Lucy than uh, an episode of uh, The Twilight Zone. Uh, but That's once you actually... Once you actually gained, got to appreciate this downtrodden guy, of course you're quite right. Um, it, it's it's been reused many times. We had that one where the penny balanced on its end. I can't remember what that one was. We had uh, the most unusual penny for his notes. We had the most unusual camera one where they wasted all those photographs in that camera trying to make money out of it, and it was so damn silly with themselves. I mean, it was better than that one. Um, you mentioned the chaser. The, we had the one with the the shoes, didn't we? The 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 gangster shoes, dead man shoes, the dead man shoes, and that was the same alley back. at the end it of the episode. The same, day. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you're right. Yep. Exactly, it was the same steps. I'm thinking that's the place to go and find treasure, isn't it? Um, big tall wish, the boxer, we had it with, with that. So it is a theme that they've revisited, and it is a well-worn track. Um, but you said about the the actor who played the genie, and fair enough. But I thought, is it Howard Morris who played the the main character. I liked him. I thought he was very personable. Uh, he, he, you know, he's the downtrodden guy. Um, you know, uh, I, I like the little cameo at the beginning with the, you know, the blog in the shop. I, people don't buy things. They come in here, they don't know what they want. I sell them things. I thought, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I mean, I can't remember which TV series I've seen him in, but he's, um, I mean, he played... Oh, I think he... I know. He was in the one with the shop dummies that came to life at night. He was the floor manager in that, wasn't he? The After Hours, yeah. After Hours, yeah. he was the floor manager in yeah. that. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. 
No, he was. He was not in that. Nope. Because he did the that double. He's ever been in. No, he did the double take when he looked at the. Uh, no, that's the not double. Howard Morris. That's not Howard Morris. No, he's talking about the um, guy in the shop at the beginning of the episode that sells him the. The, the one who sells him the lamp. Yeah, the it's the same actor who plays the 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 floor, floor manager. manager in the the other one. Yeah, uh, when he did the double take, oh, when he suddenly looked at him. Oh, the one who sells him the lamp. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, it was over long that the middle section where the fellow's dreaming, and I must admit, you could argue that I mean, the the thing about the one wish was was there obviously because that's the plot line because. Um, if you had three wishes, the plot line would have been, uh, oh, I'm hungry, I want some sausages. Uh, and that's for all the people who remember Sabu <laughs> from a long time ago. <laughs> I want a Big Mac and fries, Dave. He wasted his first wish on the uh, the sausages, you know, with the genie. God, I, I can, you know, when I first watched that, that film, The Arabian Nights, was it? Um, I couldn't believe how brilliant... I thought it was fantastic when they had the genie come out of the bottle then. This one, I thought, was a little bit funny because we had the smoke and it went backwards and forwards, but then he was suddenly popped on the the on the sofa beside him. And, um, I mean, there were some little errors. I mean, we, the fellow came home. The poor dog had been locked in his apartment all day. But he, he fed the bloody fish. No chance of taking the bloody dog out for a walk to do its, to do its little business or anything. <laughs> I felt sorry for the poor dog. <laughs> but uh, no, um, it, it was a it, it was a, a simple tale, but I, I thought that the, the main character, Howard, made it watchable. But I enjoyed it not because it was not because it was um, a Twilight Zone episode. It wasn't. I just simply enjoyed it as a little story. But it was not quite right. You're quite absolutely right, Lynn. It's not a Twilight Zone you know, what you're really there for. But having said, having said that, it was what it was, and I in, I passed the time watching it quite nicely. And I watched it actually earlier today on the, on one of the YouTube sites where it was available. But um, it was good. So I was, uh, I'm not sure, I don't think I can give it a three, but I want to give it a three. But I, I would How about say two, five? Yeah, two and a half. Um, yeah, two and a half. Um, but... I thought it was a pleasant, a pleasant little episode to watch. I mean, um, it could have been Mr. Ed, really. I was watching it, you know what I mean. But, <laughs> Hello, I'm Mr. Ed. <laughs> so that's uh, can, can I go now? I got to take yeah. um, uh, somebody out after I speak. See, oh, yes, there's a man of conscience. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yep. All right. Uh, unlike everybody, I kind of like the ending. That's the only thing I did like in the whole thing. You didn't think that was a stupid wish? No, I don't think it was a stupid no, wish. No, to help other people? Yeah. Or just to help to... other people? But to be stuck in a bottle all the time. But to be stuck in a bottle forever. Yeah, he's probably got TV and everything in there. Yep. I think they tried to make the point that he had a very altruistic nature about him. You know, that's why don't, he couldn't. Don't, don't you know, he was rich and he could give all the money away. Uh, the president, don't forget what I've been the... saying. What I've been saying ever since I came on to the podcast. Rod always thought of this as a series of morality tales. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that's true. And what is, what is this, basically? A morality tale. Okay, a bad tale. But still. <laughs> uh, you know, but like, like I said, you know, why didn't he get... Uh, um, uh, oh, God, why do I f- always forget his name now? Uh, the young Frankenstein. Oh, uh, Mel Brooks. Yes, Mel was around, man. Yeah, he wrote for Get yeah. Smart, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Dick, uh, Dick, uh, Van Dyke. Spit it out, Mom. Spit it out. Oh, yeah, Dick. He was the producer of it. You know, so why didn't Rod ask him to do some comedy stuff? Or or get there were a lot of decent actually a lot of decent comedy writers at that time in Hollywood. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't understand his reluctance to to pick a good one to have to, to write a comedy. Probably to have or, the money. Or what? Budget being tied. Uh, I don't understand him. What? I don't understand him even putting comedy in the Twilight Zone. It never should because happen. Because it was an anthology series. It was not. It was not a straight drama, and it was never meant to be a straight drama. Yeah, but it's supposed to be a little bit scary, a little bit, you know, shocking. But it's not not funny. It's not supernatural fantasy. It's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> At least I don't think so. Well, if you were on the staff, then guess what would happen? <laughs> Rod would fire your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'll give it a one five, just one for five. the ending. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, I shall see you guys next uh, two weeks, hopefully, unless I'm mm-hmm. out doing something. On December 7th, yep, and give Daphne a kiss for me. Yep, all right. You ready? (laughs) All right, good night, folks. All right, have a good Good weekend. Bye, Rick. Good night, Rick. Happy Thanksgiving, Rick. Thanks for coming. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah. Okay, Lou? Okay, um, yeah, I don't think this is a very good episode. Um, You know, I agree with uh, Rick, though. I think the ending worked because I think they always tried to point out that uh, his character was, uh, he had like an altruistic nature, so being a genie really fit who he wanted to be. So, you know, I didn't think the ending was that dumb. And, you know, he, and, you know it was really cool because he actually got to take his dog with him in the lamp, so who knows? I'm sure he had a great time. It, it was basically the same. He was living in the lamp already in that solitary apartment with him and his fish, so... Yeah. But you're right. The episode, uh, it's familiar. It's it's not. Really I mean, have people blow original. smoke at him, so to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're right. The episode's very familiar. The whole genie thing. The one wish. You know what the thing is? I think when they started doing those, him imagining those stories, I think they were going for like a, a secret life of Walter Mitty kind of vibe. Oh, oh yeah. But really? you know what? I just don't think they really pulled it off. It wasn't as clever or as funny. As you know that movie, so you know it just it just really fell flat for me. Um, you know, I mean the actors are okay. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed, I enjoyed Jack Albertson. I enjoyed 
The dogs yeah. are cool. What was his name? Howard uh, Morris? Howard Morris, Morris, yeah. Pretty good. And I actually did enjoy the changing dogs. I thought it was interesting how, uh, depending on what kind of life you had, the kind of dog you have. So if you're rich, you get a poodle. <laughs> if you're uh... oh wait. Now, if you're a movie star, you get a poodle. If you're rich, you get a big Great Dane or something. And then if you're a well, politician, you get kind of a pedigreed animal. So, did the dog prefer- same huh? name? Didn't the dog huh? have the same name? In the yeah, dog? it was a I thought each one. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I thought when the dog when the dog went and hid behind the sofa because the box was moving, he wanted his dog to be a braver dog. So that that was like the dog having its ideal life as well. Oh, okay, maybe. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, yeah. maybe the yeah, maybe the genie made a deal with the because it was the, the same. Dog. No, no. In his dream, you know, he, yeah, everything would be great with his life, including his dog. I think he thought more of the dog than the girl. Oh, I, I like. I actually preferred the original dog. I thought. I thought. Yeah, I guess I the original dog was supposed to be something of a mutt. You're right. I think there was a parallel yeah. between the dog and the character. Very so, much like Tiger and the Brady Bunch, the yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. I mean, yeah, so not an average episode. I mean, you could also say, you know, it's funny whenever I see these genie episodes, I always wonder why no one ever asks for, like, extra wishes. I don't think I've ever seen any movie address that, and I don't know. If they tried like, that. Yeah, yeah. Ask for extra you wishes, know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they mentioned that in one of the, the earlier titles. Your first yeah. wish can't be to have four more wishes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's an average episode. By the way, I, you know, I actually love the most unusual camera. So for me, comedy has a place in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> you know, it's a break yeah. from the pattern or the tradition of the episode. So you know, every now and again, well, maybe a little a, comedy. maybe a couple of them. But he, I think he went a little over. He went a little overboard. The one with Buster Keaton was horrible. That silent one. Oh, yeah. Once upon a time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was just horrendous. That definitely did not belong there. But I, I also mentioned in the past, too, that Rod seemed to have this thing about it's a wonderful life and yeah. you know, pulling from the templates of them on some of his stories, too, like changing the guard and the um, Cavendish one, too. That was kind of like it's a wonderful life. Cavender, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys heard that they're going to make a sequel to that movie, right? It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, with the grown-up, uh, the girl, yeah. little girl. Yeah. Zuzu or whatever. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, she's grown and she's going to be in it. I think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, I do, too. Why play? Don't mess with classics, you know? Just leave right. them alone. Mm-hmm. I agree well, with that. So what did you give this, Lou? Uh, two I'm going to give it a one, one, and one and a half. Okay. All right, I mean, it so was, you were given one. It wasn't terrible, but it really wasn't anything great about it, and it really felt bland. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, Dave gives it a two and a half, and Robert a one, and Rick and Lou give it a one and a half, and me and Bobby give it a zero. So that takes us to the end of this one, and luckily, two weeks from now, we're going to. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, the new exhibit. Mm. And that's on Saturday, December 7th. So I, uh, with, that stars Robert Duvall, the great Robert Duvall. So I do hope that everyone will be here for that. Yeah, no, Robert Duvall, you're thinking miniature. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you, you're absolutely right. Martin Balsam. Martin Balsam, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking miniature, yeah. 
Yeah. And then the next uh, episode Mar- after that is Julie Newmar with um, Clipperville. Yeah. Clipperville, right. Yeah. yeah. Now, the new exhibit. Yeah, I like the new exhibit. So, uh, yeah, that's the one with Martin Balsam with the uh, wax figures. So we will be doing that on Saturday, December 7th. I remember him from um, Archie Bunker's place. He was the bartender, Ooh, wasn't Balsam? he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was the police officer in Psycho. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he had like a terrible Martin. end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a good actor. Very oh, good yeah. actor. And so also I wanted just, to wish um, happy 50th to Doctor Who as well. So oh, yes. Of, happy 50th to Doctor Who. Yay! Hey. Hey. A lot of things hey, happening. So uh, yeah. definitely enjoyed the um, An Adventure in Space and Time. It was a pretty good story. I think Gates did a wonderful job with that. And looking forward to seeing... Um, Today's episode, the uh, Day of the Doctor. It's River Song. Who's River Song? Spoilers. Spoilers? What's spoilers? I've had many faces, many lives. I don't admit all of them. There's one life I've tried very hard to forget. Forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. Geronimo! The moment is coming. I'm ready. Oh, lovely. Why are we all together? Why are we all here? I remember this. Almost remember. Oh, you've redecorated. I don't like it. For once, I would like to know where I'm going. No, you really wouldn't. I'm looking for the doctor. Well, you've certainly come to the right place. I've already seen it, but um, it's also out there in theaters as well. So um, you want to look out for the. Uh, uh, you'll you'll like this, uh, Robert. You want to watch the uh, the Five-ish Doctors: The Return, the one that Peter Davidson's done. Really good. If you can find that somewhere. Yeah, I got a copy of that here. Um, I got the nice. anniversary edition of that, where David Tennant does a um, a commentary. On it too, which is yeah. kind of neat. No, yeah, uh, in the theaters is going to be on oh. television, right? I think you're getting mixed up. This is a, this is um this is something that that, that Peter Davidson's done with Colin Baker and Sylvester oh, McCoy. Oh, something different. Okay, I thought you were talking about yeah. Five Doctors. It's oh. it's a skit on Doctor because they because they weren't going to be in the 50th anniversary one. It's their caper. It really oh, is really gosh. good if you watch it. Really is good. The the um the episode in the theaters is going to be on television, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was in 3D in theaters. Oh, okay, but you can watch it tonight on on TV. Yes, you can. Yeah, on oh, BBC okay. America. Oh, all right. So. Oh, so you'll just watch it on TV. You don't have to go to the theater. 
and save the fifteen bucks to. Yeah, to exactly. It. To wear the glasses, right? Get those those cardboard glasses <clears throat> that fall off your face. Actually, it's changed. It's all one um, thing now. It's kind of a grayish, white type oh, really? um, glasses now. Yeah. Oh yeah, Modern not technology. the blue and red like they nope. used to give you. <laughs> cool. Well, cool. Well, I hope everybody enjoys that, and I do hope everyone has a wonderful rest of the weekend. And more than anything, I hope everyone has a great, great, great Thanksgiving next week. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Definitely. Happy Turkey Day to everybody. All right, folks. Well, that's it for today, and we'll see everyone in two weeks. Happy Thanksgiving, and see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Just gobble, gobble, gobble turkey from Jive Turkey Gobbler. Mr. George P. Hanley, former vocation, jerk. Present vocation, genie. George P. Hanley, most ordinary man whom life treated without deference, honor, or success. But a man wise enough to decide on a most extraordinary wish that makes him the contented, permanent master of his own altruistic Twilight Zone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.